Welcome to the Renewing the Center podcast. My name is Chris McDaniel, and we want to thank you for joining us today. Here at Renewing the Center, we're answering God's call to work for the spiritual renewal of the church. For more information, visit renewingthecenter.org. We're glad to have you with us today. Now, let's make some space for God's renewing work. Today on the podcast, we're going to look at Zephaniah 3, beginning in verse 14, and This is a jump away from the lectionary. Actually, we're going to be reading a lectionary reading that was on our list if you're following along uh, last week. Uh, But today we're, we're going to go back because I think there's something here for us to see. So I'll read, we'll pray, and then we'll just spend some time together in the Word. The prophet says, Sing aloud, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O Israel. Rejoice and exult with all your heart, O daughter Jerusalem. The Lord has taken away the judgments against you. He has turned away your enemies. The King of Israel, the Lord, is in your midst. You shall fear disaster no more. On that day it shall be said to Jerusalem, Do not fear, O Zion. Do not let your hands grow weak. The Lord, your God, is in your midst, a warrior who gives victory. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will renew you in his love. He will exult over you with loud singing as on a day of festival. I will remove disaster from you, so that you will not bear reproach for it. I will deal with all your oppressors at that time, and I will save the lame, and gather the outcast, and I will change their shame into praise and renown in all the earth. At that time I bring you home, at that time when I gather you, for I will make you renowned and praised among all the peoples of the earth when I restore your fortunes before your eyes, says the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray and then let's just spend some time together seeing what we can see, what we could receive from the Lord as we reflect. Father, we ask you to enliven our hearts to hear your word today. God, wherever it is that we are, at work or in our car or on a walk or in our home. God, I pray that you would come, that you would wake up our ears to hear you and to respond to you. I pray that we would receive truth in your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So as we're headed into a new year, um, I think this is a really good invitation for all of us to see what the Lord would do. And I would say the theme today is uh, this is an exploration of the goodness of life that would happen on the other side of darkness. And we're probably all hoping for some goodness of life on the other side of darkness right now. And so as we look at this text, I'm going to highlight just a few things that I think might be good for us to think about as we walk through our, our day and as we look at the beginning of a new year. The first thing that I think we need to see here, and this is an invitation for all of us, is that we are to respond when God acts on our behalf. When, when the Lord does something, that is meant to elicit a response in you and in me. We're not meant to remain passive, just uh, letting the Lord do things and, and then just keep continuing on and living our life as normal. When He works, we're meant to react or respond I think there's an expectation when we read the, a passage like this one, and frankly, throughout our scripture, that God will act. And I believe that for you and me, one of the invitations in front of us right now is to cultivate an expectation that God's going to do things in our life. And so I just want to ask you this question right at the beginning. Do you have a sense of expectation that the Lord is going to work in your life? See, the church, 
uh, Christians gathered have always maintained that God is responsive to human need and human misery. Uh, we're in the middle of a season right now of extended misery. We're tired, we're frustrated, we're unsettled. And I believe that we're meant to believe in God's future deliverance and help even as we endure difficulty. So right now is a time for you and me to begin to cultivate an expectation of hope. And all hope is, really, is an expectation of a future when you're facing a current obstacle or difficulty. Hope is meant to move you and me forward, but we have to cultivate hope. We have to actually nurture it if we're to have hope when we sit in dark spaces like the one we're in now. And one way I think we uh, nurture hope as Christians, this expectation of a future, is to immerse ourselves in God's story both in the Bible and also in stories of God's faithfulness and his activity here and now uh, in the lives of people around you and in your own life. Naming God at work will actually cultivate an expectation that God will continue to work. So I think there is something here for us. Uh, will we begin to look for and expect God's work? Will we name the work of God when we see it in our lives and in the lives of people around us and in the scripture? And what this passage does is it says that when God does act, we are supposed to be the kinds of people who sing and rejoice. We also learn to recognize the presence of God. The psalmist says, um, or the prophet says rather, the king of Israel, the Lord, is in your midst. And I would just say to you, are you able to recognize the presence of God? I believe that the Lord would invite people like you and me to engage in stillness and reflective space, silence, so that we are more aware of God's presence. See, it's my conviction that the Lord is nearer to us than we oftentimes believe or think. We don't perceive God because we're not actually slowing down enough to look for his presence. So what distracts us from being aware of God's presence? I believe that busyness distracts us. I believe that anxiety distracts us. Um, I think that there are any number of behaviors or um, byproducts of stress that actually numb us to an awareness of the presence of God. But there's another thing that distracts me from the presence of God, and that's fear. I believe that fear keeps us in really profound ways from being aware of God's presence. Verse 16 in this passage gives us an indicator of what happens when we are in fear. The, the prophet says our hands grow weak, and I think that's actually a really a good metaphor or an example, if you will, of what happens in your life when you're afraid. When you're afraid, you begin to lose strength to hold on to things, hope, relationships, faith. Uh, we also lose the ability to hold things in their proper tension. We lose the ability, or it's diminished rather, to engage in courageous work or vocation to endure difficulty or sabotage. So I want you to think about where you might be losing some strength, where your hands, metaphorically speaking, might feel weak right now. Maybe there's a particular relationship or a struggle or an area where you're just not feeling very hopeful and you're not sure you can hold on. I believe that that might be a place where you're dealing with fear. And fear actually numbs us to an awareness of God's presence. And so many of us, we simply need to look for and identify places where we're afraid and where fear is numbing us to an awareness of God at work. God might be doing more in your life than you think he's doing. And one of the things the prophet says here after he speaks about that uh, weak grip is he says that when God does move, he 
um, he moves to push fear away, to move fear back, like almost like you could imagine clouds being dispersed as the sun comes through or a morning fog being dispelled by the heat of the day. And so this is what the prophet says, you shall fear disaster no more. And when I think about that, you shall fear disaster no more. I'm just aware that we've been fearing disaster almost all the time for a long time. So what happens when God comes close? He strengthens our hands, which enables us to do work, to hold things in tension, to hold on to hope, to hold on to faith. He rejoices over us with gladness. He increases your capacity for joy and hope, a kind of lightness, a um, a levity that would be about you rather than a heaviness. It's one of the things that my wife and I are asking the Lord for this year is that he would introduce levity into our lives, that we would be more light, more hopeful, more joyful, that we would have fun as we look at life as an adventure. That's one of the things that happens when God comes close. Another one is that he renews us in his love, that he strengthens our inner person to actually be sustained in the work of love, that you and me, we need renewing. It's one of the reasons why we named this podcast Renewing the Sinner, because I need God to renew me in his love and sustain me in his love every single day. So do you. The last thing that we see uh, the prophets say is that the Lord sings over us and invites us to experience joy like we would at a party or on a festival day. The Lord wants to enable you to worship him. He wants to enable your life to be enthusiastic. There's a sense of energy around it. That's what happens when God comes close. He strengthens us. He rejoices over us and makes our hearts glad. He renews us in his love. And he also sings over us and gives us joy like we would have at a party or a festival. So when God does these things for us, there are things that I think we can expect to begin to occur in our lives, uh, changes, if you will, when the Lord comes close and the prophet gives us a glimpse. And I'm just going to name a few of these before um, I pray and send you into your day. Number one, when the Lord comes close, a sign that he's close is that shame and reproach begin to be rolled back. Things in your life that tend to make you hide, that obscure you. Um, that make you feel a lack of confidence, that the Lord begins to push those things away. I'm not as prone to shame as I used to be. Um, I still struggle with it at times, but I'm not dominated by it like I used to. That's a sign of God working. Number two, our adversaries, even the ones that live in our heads and hearts, so like not actually enemies, but the enemies in your head, uh, the enemy uh, of your souls, the the devil of hell, um, and people in your life who are maybe difficult or are challenging, um, those people will no longer have the same level of power over you. And so I would ask you, who are your enemies right now? And I don't want you just to think of people you don't like. Are there voices and messages that tend to keep you in places of shame, that drive you backwards, that push you into the shadows? See, God can and he will deal with these enemies. Can you imagine being free from the old lies that you've always believed? That's a sign of what happens when God comes close and begins to work in sustained ways. Your enemies begin to lose their grip over you. Finally, we're told that the lame are saved and the outcasts are gathered. And I love that picture because the lame, it's just simply those who struggle to walk. And there are parts of my life right now, places in my life where I'm having a hard time walking forward. I'm sure that's true for you. Well, we're told that when God comes close, he actually saves us where we can't walk on our own and he gathers those who are outcast. 
I've been thinking about that a lot during this season, asking God to save and gather me to, to meet me in this dark winter that I'm in, many of us are in. And here's where the story ends. When we're gathered, why are we gathered? We're gathered, the prophet says, so that God would be able to bring us home. Um, He says, at that time, I will bring you home. At that time, when I gather you, for I will make you renowned and praised among all the peoples of the earth when I restore your fortunes before your eyes, says the Lord. During Advent, which just concluded, we, we spoke a lot about coming home, about being led to places of peace and rest, joy and satisfaction. And here we're told again that God wants to bring us home. He wants to give us rest. And so I would just ask you, as you sit at the very end of one year looking out toward another, where is the Lord inviting you to enter into new places of rest, home, peace, satisfaction? I believe the Lord wants us to name that and begin to hope for those things. In Jesus' name, may it be so. Father, I pray for my friends and I ask for your grace. Grace to trust you, grace to look to you, grace to hope for good things on the back end, on the other side of dark places and times. I bless my friends now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you would like to continue meditating on what you heard today, take some time to recall an idea or an image that encouraged or challenged you in this episode. When things stand out to us in God's word, or in our lives, or in what we're reading, or in devotional talks, it often means that God is offering us His help and His guidance. When you have your idea or image in mind, carry it with you as a prayer, coming back to it in the spaces throughout your day. How does it speak to you and where you are right now? What does it say about God and what He wants for you? Speak to Him about these things. Listen for His still, small voice and respond to him as simply and as honestly as you can. Thanks for listening. We look forward to having you back here again with us next time at Renewing the Center.